Hello again everybody and welcome to another episode of Morphtastic Live. This is the audio version of our lives. We usually do lives which we upload to YouTube but we have decided to switch it over to Spotify Audio too. I'd also like to say a huge thank you to EcoGeckos for sponsoring us. EcoGeckos has opened up a live food store for the UK. Insects, caves, food bowls, tongs etc. So please check out www.ecogeckos.co.uk. I'm your host, Georgia Elite Geckos, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, but we're all good now. Right, so Chris, if you're watching this, I'm going to request you to join. You click it, and it should say, like, join the live. So let's... I, I'm, I'm as bad as you, mate. Um... So I've sent the request now. There he is. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, mate, what an absolute nightmare. You've been at work today as well? Yeah, yeah. I'm now sweating like a fat kid in the sweet shop. <laughs> I was waiting for a swear word then. <laughs> oh, no. Three fucking, three fucking laptops, a fucking, <laughs> a fucking tablet and a house computer, and I can't get fucking, I can't get linked into it. Yeah, mate, it's, it's, oh. it's hard work, especially on computers. That's why I do all everything on my phone, mate. It's just when you oh. sit, go to a laptop, it takes... Like you, like you said, you've got to download apps and all that. Oh. Mate, I've changed my Google Play account four times. Password, piece of shit. I knew, I knew it was going to be something like that. It's like iTunes. Every time you go on to, your, to change your iTunes password, you never bloody get it. Definitely and Danny, else. Danny, you're a prick. I'm not a scouser. <laughs> this is going to be one of them lives. <laughs> And now, Mr. G Breeder, I haven't got what that. No, I haven't got any fucking black knights. I've got one that's. <laughs> and I'll show you. It you in do, a you do, you have a little bit of bloodline going down. I do have bloodline. I do have bloodline in it, yeah. But I remember you saying to me you, you didn't buy it for, like, specifically for black knight. You bought it because it was a nice gecko, and it was gonna. You, you had a plan for it. Evening, David. No, I actually bought it off Dave. It's a uh, black knight Max No Lavender. Eclipse, and I bought it because of the the uh, lavender in it mm. for a for a project I had in mind. That's, that's why I bought it. I don't class it personally as a black knight, and as you know, the conversations I've had with you, I don't <laughs> I, I don't like he's uh, I don't even label him any of his hatchlings as black knight. I don't even generally message note the fact that it's a black knight lineage. Mm. Just funny info, though. Yeah, it's nice. He's a big lad. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's well nice. So we got who we got in? We got twenty six people viewing. Yes, Chris, he's on the beers and all. So we have got some questions for you, mate. Okay. Um, yeah, no worries. So are you are you ready? Yeah, always. What's happening, NA geckos? So we'll start off with. Hi, sir, Siobhan. Is it PP Melton? He put breeding out recessives. How long? How like how many generations does it take to clear out a het? Would you say uh, four to five years? Yeah. So if you think if you started with let's say a tremper het eclipse, uh, you pass it down, you're going to be down to fifty percent as long as the other uh, adult hasn't got it in, or the other. Uh, then you drop it down again, you're sort of down to about thirty-three percent. Drop it down again, you're down again, but you're looking at probably four to five years by the time you've read it out and even even at four years you'd probably have to hold everything back to test breed it and then the fifth year you'd have to test breed the hatch hatchlings pretty much everyone you need to be 
for test breeding, you need to sort of have, have around 20 hatchlings mm. from that and test breed all 20 of them, which is why most people, most breeders of our scale can't actually do it because yeah. you're just holding too right. many. You literally hold everything back to test the line. You're, you're talking 20 hatchlings to be able to prove out that it's het free. Yeah. Yeah, and also a lot, a lot of that. I suppose if you do do go down that route, a lot of it will get sold as wholesale because of it's all obviously test projects or whatever. So, yeah, that's, that's a decent question. To be fair, a few other people probably tune in and listen to that. So also, um, Urban Jungle. Do you know Urban Jungle? Uh, Sammy, oh. she's had a few geckos off a mic. Possibly, I probably, I probably looked at their posts. I'm probably. Uh, looked on them on, online and stuff. I don't, there's, yeah. I've got a lot. If when you of see it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, see, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. more than likely. Um, she put, what do you think of Lemon Frost? Um, beautiful geckos. Absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning looking geckos. Uh, I've had one. I was lucky enough that um, I was I was actually given one as a, as a present or a pet or whatever you want to call it. And I had it here for ooh, two, three years. Um, and I passed it on uh, to a friend who signed a contract to say it'll never be bred from. If they ever move it on, it'll come back to me. Um, they're beautiful geckos, but they come with an inherent issue of tumours. Um, and to me, it's just not worth the breeding on them. And I believe anybody that does breed them, UK, Europe, America, it's just wrong. They're just wrong. You can't, you can't get a clean line of lemon frost. Beautiful geckos. Absolutely stunning eyes, stunning colour, but you just cannot get a clean line. So, to me, it, it's just not worth it. I've seen a few people, um, it's more the overseas, no one over here, mm -hmm. that are saying that they can, they, well, they're breeding them to outbreed the tumour, like we just, obviously, see, if it can happen, how many geckos are going to suffer in the, in, in the process? I don't know anything about the details of lemon frosts. It, I don't know whether it's impossible... It, it, essentially, it can't happen. Right. So the, the the very thing that makes lemon frost what they are, which is the colour and the eye colour, mm. um, not to go, I've got it written down here because I can't say it, So, and you probably won't understand it from my accent, but erradophores, um, so it's linked to the erradophores in, in the actual genetics of the gecko. So essentially what it means is that there's the, the, the skin structure and the cell structure has... Um, crystal-like structures mm. which reflect the light so actually when you look at them properly under a microscope and stuff they're, they're actually more yellow than they are white right but the way the skin structure so the actual genetic side of it, it it just cannot be linked out at all because it's linked to the very thing that makes lemon frost what they are which is the color so they can't it can't be linked out there isn't a clean line um it just it will not exist so people might say, well, I don't get tumours in my line. They might not. They might not, but there's, there's a lot of lemon frosts out there. And to me, even if it gets one tumour that doesn't kill them, is it worth it? No, because the offspring could produce one. Half the tumours you can't see because they're not just external. They're actually internal as well. Um, there's a few papers out actually at the moment where it's linking um, lemon frost and they're, they're looking at the genetic side of it to link it to skin cancer within humans right so it's um i can't remember the, the the name of it there is a paper online there's a couple of papers online actually around if people want to look at it just put a, um 
a leopard gecko, lemon lemon frost genetics, and there's a couple of papers, but actually doing a lot of work with Steve Sykes and taking a lot of Steve Sykes uh, geckos and a few others around uh, America and doing uh, genetic testing on it, on the tumours, to link it back to see if they can actually bring anything into skin cancer in humans. That's mad. So they're actually mm-hmm. using the Leo, the lemon frost gene to research yeah. crazy. So there's something similar in, in a, a fish, a zebra fish or something along them lines that they used a, a lot of testing, um, similar testing for them. So yeah, that's where that's at. But it's to me, where we are with lemon frost at this moment in time, it's it's just unethical yeah. because you cannot you cannot guarantee a good life for any lemon frost gecko. So it's just not there. It's just pointless to me. It's it, it, the whole point of us breeding is to produce healthy, strong lines of geckos. And over the years, we've we've done that. If you go back, let's go back eight years. An average size of a leopard gecko male would be. 50 60 grams yeah. you're talking now i don't probably own a male under 95 grams mm. so, <laughs> yeah, i know that <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the whole point is we is we breed to to help lives to increase strength in our own lines genetic strength everything about it. it's why we outcross it's why we we breed one thing to another is to, to produce something and but the basis is always a strong gecko yeah. A lemon frost will never be a strong gecko and the gene will never be a strong gene. So basically don't breed, excuse my French, don't breed anything that's fucked. No, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't touch the fuckers. There's yeah. no point touching the bastards because you can't guarantee that that they're going to be tumor free. You just can't guarantee it. And when you pass on a gecko, and you, I've seen adverts on pre-loved, I've seen adverts on Facebook, and you, we, they... I'm admin on a number of groups uh, and you see these people these things pop up and when you actually tell people they have no idea they just think it, it, they now get sold more in in shops as a as a wholesale gecko mm. than than an actual proper morph because nobody really wants them. anybody who knows anything about them doesn't want anything to do with them like I said yeah. I had one here as a pet I was very very lucky in the fact that I was given one um, and she was beautiful uh, Murphy patternless absolutely stunning a silver head white yeah. and yellow like you've never seen and the most dazzling eyes you and they're beautiful they're like white yeah beautiful yeah. but just not worth it in my opinion yeah not worth it we can appreciate that we can appreciate them through pictures now but there's no mm-hmm. need to be breeding them there's no this it's, it's, it's unethical yeah yeah absolutely so louis you know uh, life gecko don't you yeah louis what do you think will be your next line you will add into your collection? Um, to be honest with you, the only the only uh, the only thing I really don't have here at the moment is rainwater. Yeah. Um, and I know a few people are breeding them, but to me, they they've always looked washed out. Out of all the albino genes. The rainwater is the one that's least worked with. It's always looked a bit wishy-washy. It's very similar to mm. Tug. It, to me, it always looks washed out. Hatchings seem, and the same as Tug, they get to sort of one year old, they look really, really great, and then they just seem to wash out at one to two years old. Yeah. Um, I don't think... I've got Blizzard, I've got Murphy Patternless. I'm at the moment talking about uh, Murphy Patternless in Bell. Mm. Um, Was that called but, Predators or something? 
Predator, I'm not so yeah. much interested in the Predator itself, but the, the Murphy-Patmos line I've got in Trempa, it just fascinates me, and the, and the actual range of geckos it produces is fantastic. But if I'm going to look at anything in the next sort of 12 months, it's probably going to be uh, Murphy-Patmos in Bell. But yeah. it's, a, it's got to come from a line that I trust. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I think, it was, I think we had a conversation the other day, and you said, like, literally, they're, they're so rare. They are. It's there's the certain morphs, even even in, in Murphy Patton's Tremper, there's certain morphs that just don't seem to align very well. Um, and Predator is one of them. Um, Platinum is another. Uh, we had that conversation. Platinum was another. Yeah. I think uh, produced somewhere in the region of oh, sixty or seventy Murphy Patton's over the last two seasons. Yeah, I've, I've been hit, fire as well. Yeah, <laughs> they've been fire. Yeah, I've hit probably two, mm. um, two in the last twelve months. I've also hit the albino version once last year, which you've got, George. Yeah, and and uh, joints. Yeah, she's got one as well. Yeah, um, and I've got one myself, um, which I've hatched this year. So I've got the. Uh, I've seen that. I've seen. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've got, so I've got the super platinum, and I've got the albino version as well. Uh, I've hatched this year. Which I'll show in a minute. Honestly, your Murphy Patnesses are out of this world, man. They've been sick breeders as well. Honestly, I, I think I've had ten eggs, mm. and that's the least I've had of each girl. Yeah, it's that's a shame. Because, lines. Yeah, it's a shame because actually, my main male. You've seen him. He's a. He's a. He was a monster. He's just gone off to um, Lucy's Leos. So. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah, so he's he's just gone to reside with Lucy's Leo's. I've got um, I'm not going to say much about him, but I've got a new one coming in. Uh, he's due in, in about six weeks, so fresh fresh bloodline, not in the UK, um, just to again strengthen my own bloodlines. So yeah, he'll you notice that um, the Germans and the Dutch go crazy for them. Yeah, I I think. Last year, um, I probably had 10 or 12 of the European breeders uh, messaging me every week. Um, but obviously, with COVID and movement of animals and coming out of um, the EU and everything's kind of buggered it up a little bit, I think there's, there's pathways back in again now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got a number of European breeders. I think there's there's a number of people on here now that, have had Murphy Patmos from me. Yeah. Um, they're quality geckos. The male sat somewhere generally between 110 and 120 grams, an absolute monster of a boy. He, and he was a fantastic breeder. Um, and he's produced some st stunning, stunning yeah. babies. And like I said, I think a lot of the people around here, yeah, Mr. G breeder, I think that's Mike, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, Mike. Yeah, it's Mike. So yeah, Mike's had some. I know. Obviously, Lucy's got my the male. I say mine. It's, it's a hers. Uh, Holly, she's got some. Yourself got some. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's got a few. four or five from you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, my favourite is the just the straight up Tremper um, MP head clip. She's you know what the really bright one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the one that I had to convince you to take, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now you, now you want it back, probably. <laughs> well, at that moment in time, I didn't have a project with her um, mm. because I didn't really... I, I knew I had some coming in last year, so 
um, you know from years ago that I had I had the electric line from um, many many years ago, mm. uh, and I produced some again. I think you had some, and uh, Charlie had some off me. I produced some stunning electrics a few years ago, and I come away from the tangerines a little bit because um, I think most people that see my page, my my big loves in in leopard geckos is probably the um, universe. Absolutely beautiful geckos and Zorro bandits. I've just got a thing for them, so I came away from it. I tried to put electric into um, Zorro, but for some reason that tangerine, that line of tangerine, wouldn't take the Zorros. So that's why I come away. But you, you, you've delivered a few of my um, uh, tangerine line from last year to me. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> last year I started up the tangerines again. Last year and I've worked them again and a little bit this year, and I've I've got a few holdbacks uh, here. <laughs> Those coppers you've been banging out are looking tasty. Yeah, yeah, and they all obviously link back to um, Dave's lines. Yeah. So if anyone's got a copper, a copper cross, they link right, right the way back to Dave. Um, yeah. Mine came through uh, Mark Lawson, um, and through the line, not a line because it is Dave's line, but yeah. um, a set of geckos that he managed to produce uh, from from Dave's line. But the the coppers all. All, all coppers linked to Dave. All, all, all yeah. coppers. Coppers is, is Dave's line. That's that's as simple as it is. So if you get a copper, it doesn't matter where it is. You can trace it back. You will, you will trace it back to Dave. It, it's yeah. just it's that simple. Yeah. I've got another question from um, Bradley Perry saying, what would you say is the best ratio when it comes to a project? One male to two females? It's a bit of a tricky one, that. It depends how many geckos you want to produce. Well, that's that's the thing with with projects, and that's the thing that we see a bit. And this might be a bit. How um, do I put this politely? So there's so when you start a project, personally, when you start a project, if you've got to have an outlay, if if you're gonna, if some of my projects have, are seven or eight geckos, so there might be two males. I've got a few here, and I'll show you a few of my projects for this year, and obviously next year. That you've got to have an outlay for all of these geckos. There's, for some reason, there's a thinking that we just come in and we're going to go right into 10 projects, which is bollocks, because mm -hmm. if you have 10 projects... ...two female in every one. You've got 20... There's, there's 20 females there. There's a misconception that them 20 females are only going to produce six eggs each. That's bollocks. Mm. If yeah, I only yeah. produced six eggs from a female, I'd be really, really fucking disappointed. And I think something off. You, you've got to aim, you've got to be looking at 10 eggs, 12 eggs, six clutches would be the bare minimum. If you've got 10 projects as a new breeder, you're going to have in excess of 250 gecko babies. Yeah. What, what are you going to do with them? No what reputation you, as well. No reputation. What are you going to do with them? You have to have an outlay. And all you're going to do is you the, you drop the arse end of the, out the price of the value of your own geckos, but everybody else has had an input on that gecko as well, which mm. is which is we all start somewhere. And I've always used it like, I think I've said it to you, analogy yeah. of, of like supermarkets. So when you come in, you, you're kind of a, a little. You're kind of a little. Yeah, I mean, then, you did, so yeah. yeah. And as you work your way up and you get a better reputation, but the project, you, it depends on where you are within breeding. If it's your first year, the last thing you want to do is is 
1.5 or 2.6 because mm. the sheer number of babies that you're going to hit out of them if you hatch so this year uh, let's say my murphy Patmos group so i've got uh 1.4 of murphy Patmos this year and i had 1.3 last year i'll produce somewhere in the region of over the last two years probably 80 or 90 babies mm. from them two groups that group that that group over two years over two seasons now that's a lot of geckos that's yeah. a lot of geckos and out of them 90 babies i would probably produce four that are better than that i've got now i.e my breeders to move my breeders on or to bring a fresh bloodline in you're probably gonna uh, that four or five geckos that might be better than you've got now or yeah. on par what are you going to do with the other 80 you need an outlay for them and and a lot of people don't and then it just flattens the market it not only flattens the market but it also flattens the market of the people you've been buying off and stuff and that's the that's the downside of breeding on sheer number yeah. i understand everybody wants everybody wants 10 projects it's fantastic because you've got all these babies coming but start when you start start low in my opinion I yeah. probably, my first season, nine years ago, ten years ago, I probably bred two females. Yeah. Two females to, to do the projects I want to do. And then the next year or the next year, I might have jumped up to three or, or two projects with four females. And you just build your way up. Yeah. No You've got to be smart with it as well. You can't. Yeah. It's e these geckos are so easy to breed. They yeah. are so easy. If you wanted to, I've seen some people grab the eggs and incubate them on top of a fish tank. Yeah, it, absolutely. They are easy to breed, but you need absolutely. to be smart. And yeah. also, a lot of you do get a lot of people that um, they think like, "Oh, he's got an attitude." You need to think that you've you've gone and bought, let's say, a one one point three. Yeah. Right. You've kept three of the babies back, mm -hmm. and you've now got all these babies that you can't keep. And what are you going to do? We're going to put them on on pre love for thirty yeah. quid, and yeah. then that, and then the breeder that has helped you get there. It's now yeah. like, oh, well, why are they going to come and get a gecko for 180 from me yeah. when I get the exact same gecko off a yeah. pre-loved for you for 30 quid? And you've even got great lines there. Yeah, yeah. And the thing, and that's the thing about that. I don't, I, I don't, I can be grumpy. Don't get me wrong. I can be grumpy. Um, I'm not so much judgmental. I see what everybody else is doing. You see the prices of <laughs> markets. You see all them. You see all of them bits and pieces going in the background. You can see what's going on in pre-love. You can see what's going on morph market and all them bits and pieces, all these selling platforms. But ultimately, for me, if you go into your first or second season and you're producing two, 250, 300 gecko hatchlings, that's a, that's a, lot, that's a fucking lot of hatchlings. Mm. And you have no choice. You've seen, you've been to my shed. You've seen what I've got. Same. I make my own racks. If I think I'm going to be overrun, I'll make a new rack. I've got space. I can hold 200 hatchings. I can hold 50 adults, 60 adults, 70 or 80 juveniles, and I can make more racks that are strapped in my fingers. I'll go out, buy the wood, cut it all, make it all myself. It'll take me hours. It just seems an odd one where you, it's just sometimes it's not about the geckos you're producing. It's about the numbers. And if you've got a project, sometimes you have to produce numbers to get the geckos you want, but you have to yeah, have an outlay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So if you're going to start, if you're new to breeding, 1.2 is more than enough. 
yeah. what I will say with that is if you're going to start a project, you buy the best geckos that you can. Yeah. Because if you start with great geckos with good genetics, your hatchlings will be great geckos with good genetics. Yeah. And there's some fantastic breeders in the UK, fantastic breeders in Europe, and even America and the States. I don't tend to dip into the States very much. I've got one coming in from somewhere. <laughs> um, I've got one coming in in a couple of weeks from somewhere. Um, but I don't tend to dip into the States because personally, I believe there's nothing in the UK or Europe that you can't get that's yeah. better in the States. You just can't. Well, I was talking um, to Gino at Lunar Gecko. I said to him, you guys have got all the good stuff over there. He went, no, 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 no. We get it all from you. Yeah. We just mass breed it here. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. A lot of stuff, like even some crusty stuff. Lily White, Exandic, mm -hmm. all came from here. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a misconception that the uh, uh, the uh, sorry, what did you say? Lily White. What's the other one? Lily White. Uh, Exantic. Exantic. There's a misconception they come from. I think it's altitude, isn't it? That's it's altitude. Right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not. Rare. It's a UK line. It's a it's a random breeder that produced. Very, very few, but the actual line over here. Yeah. Over here. We've got uh, Wade has put a couple of questions in for you. Go on then. He put, what got you into breeding? I'm a huge fan and I love you. Um, what got me into breeding? I, I think yeah. pretty much. So I probably got my, uh, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, well, I'm old. Compared to a lot of you lot, I'm old. Um, so I'm 40 odd years old. I probably got my first reptiles, which were uh, corn snakes and garter snakes when I was, 14, 15, and then I had reptiles for years on and off. I even took them to my army. I had them in my me, in me barracks, and they went to a friend's wife when I went away and to Bosnia and stuff. And then I come away because I had my kids. Uh, and then probably 10 years ago, and, and I think like everybody, you get one and you get another, and you think, Do you know what, I'll have, a, I'll have a crack at this. But then you soon start, when you start reading into it, and that's the thing about it, it is actually, it's about reading into what you're doing. Mm. I enjoy the genetic side. I want to I wanna know, if I put this to that, what am I going to get? Yeah. And the only way you're going to do that is by learning the genetics and learning how the genetics work and ha learning polygenic traits. What's a, what is a polygenic? How does it work? What is a, a recessive gene? How does that work with something? What's a dominant gene? How does it work? What's a co-dominant? How does it work? And it's only then, but I started like, like everybody else with one or two geckos, and then within a year or two, I, I produced, uh, I purchased five really, really fantastic bells. And actually, doesn't breed anymore. Um, Bradley, I think it was Bradley. I can't remember his, his lad's name. And then from there, I've just sort of gone on and improved. And this is about reputation and about growing year on year on year. Yeah. More people know who you are. More people, That's you it. buy a gecko off me, George. Charlie then bought a gecko off me and your name yeah. spreads and that's, well, that's I, bought, I bought some off for you and been really happy like I said the ones I got from you have been fantastic first yeah. going to get some more off Chris yeah, yeah 100% and um, there's actually a question on here someone was like I know Europe love Chris's bandits and there's a huge uh, demand for room at the moment yeah uh, the thing is with bandits is is it, because we get it's the same question. It links back to to what should I breed? Mm. Uh, breed what you like. 
find the trait, find something you like and, and breed it to the best of your ability. And it comes back to buy the best that you can. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate that probably within the UK, I've got um, some, of, some of my friends. I'm really, really close friends now. You know, Mike, well, he's probably yeah. one of my closest friends. Over here, I'm, I'm lucky and in, in, fortunate enough that I was not kind of taken in, but I'm a bit of a gobshite, so I just force my way in most of the time. Yeah. With a big size nine. That I've got some really, really good friends within the UK breeding, and I can't take um, the plaudits for some of the stuff that I've got because, I as I said earlier on, I bought the best that I can possibly buy in bloodline, in looks, in everything, that I buy the absolute best I can. But Bandits, for me, is is one of my absolute loves. That I, I just, they're a fantastic, beautiful-looking gecko. And when they're right, when they're right, they're right like this one. So I think... So... So no. when they're right, this is actually um, this is this is someone this is someone's on the uh, chat. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Who is it? They want to Let's see if see if they recognise it. Let's see if they recognise her. But the nose band is just, and that's what it's about. Yeah. The nose band, and there's a big there's a big debate of oh you've just pissed on me you dirty little bastard. <laughs> drink, Wade, drink. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, Mike, it is your one. there's there's a big debate so obviously i work with the zorro line um no it's not it's not it's definitely mike (laughs) definitely 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 Uh, no uh, there's a big debate of what makes a zorro bandit and what doesn't make a zorro bandit so technically a bandit is the nose band across the face and this it leads to things like lines and stuff so the actual line will never change. It is always going to be a Zorro because that's the line it comes from. It hasn't altered. That's I put Zorro to Zorro. I brought a new male in last year, um, and he actually—I'm actually a little bit dis- not disappointed because this one's fantastic. But a few of them have lost the stripe, the really consistent stripe I had last year. I've lost it a little bit, so I've got a new male going to come in um, again in a few months' time, just to try and get the stripe back, but. Bandits are mine. They're just my yeah. thing. Bandits and universes, just all day long. And don't get me wrong, I like that. That's bad you saying that because of everyone talks about your bells. Tell us about my what? Sorry, your 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 bells. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I thought you said my balls. Then. I like, no, yeah. no, your bells. <laughs> hmm. con- that's some sort of strange conversations you've been having, George. <laughs> um, yeah, no bells again. I've got I've got fantastic line of. Bells, not that. I, personally, I don't. I don't create line names. I think it takes a number of years, um, five, six, seven, eight years of creating something for me to say. Right, I'm going to put my name to that line. Yeah. Again, with the bells, I can't take all the credit for it. As I said, I've had some. I've bought the best of the time. So, some fire line of Dave's. Um, there's bits and pieces in there from that. There's Mandarin in there. Uh, what else we got in there? There's probably four or five different tangerine lines in the bell line. Yeah. 
that over the years that I've swapped in and swapped out, again, it's just about strengthening, strengthening the actual genes in the gecko itself and producing stripes and lines. And now I've got, um, I've got Gem Snow in there and Max Snow in there. Um, what else have we got here? So, yeah, this is... gecko. I've got to go to the toilet, mate. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we've got... So, no, I'm actually... I'm going to leave you or I'm going to get another beer. <laughs> so, I'll wait till George come back and I'll get another beer. Oh, he's left me on my own. Oh. Has he actually come for a piss? It's an ugly face, though, isn't it? Let's be fair. I'm fat, before anyone says it, Dave. Oh, we're still live. Still live. Still live. What must be crazy for someone like you is... Mm -hmm. Because you've been in the hobby for so long, and it's something I, I think I would like to cherish when I grow on. You must look at geckos now and be like, "That's that's that's got to be one of mine." Yeah, yeah, you can see them. Um, you can see, you can see where they come from. You can see a name. You can see the colour. You can see the pattern. You can see the markings. Like I said. If you look at, let's say, Zorro Bandits, let's, let's just because I am quite well known for Zorro Bandits. If you look at the Zorro Bandits produced over the last three years within the UK, you're probably talking either they come from myself or Mike. So for those that don't know, is, is um, Mike at the Gecko Lounge. Yeah. Um, here's a hands down, probably some of the best within Europe. Mm -hmm. um, and I put mine on par. As I said, I buy the best and, and breed as best as I can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's yeah, that's that's where it's at. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get another beer, mate, in a second. So go on. Yeah, go and get yourself another beer, mate. Do it, do it. And Mike, no, I didn't wash my hands as it happens. <laughs> Luke Tanner, the farmer's in. That sounds like a few beers in there, Chris. <laughs> Back to what you were saying earlier yeah. about with like Mike helping you out. Mm -hmm. Same with me this year. Well, not this year, sorry. The same with like you and Mike helped me out massively. I think it was back in 2019, was going to the show, getting our table for the first time. And me and Charlie, you and Mike and Kieran at the time, like, come and have some food with us, have some drink with us. And then, yeah, like, open arms kind of thing. So, ever said, yeah, it's mad, that. I think the thing is, is, is in the last 12 months, there's there's been a... I'm not going to be polite, bollocks. There's a load <laughs> of shite. There's a load of shite about clicks and about this and about that. It's not. There isn't. There isn't a click. There isn't, there isn't groups. There isn't... Well, there is. Mm. If you do things right and try to do things right and you listen and you take on what's being told and, and what's new, you'll be taken in by any of the what you want to yeah. call top breeders, i.e. Dave, i.e. Mike. So, as I said earlier, I'm really, really lucky and fortunate in the fact that I don't know everything. I really don't. I still learn every single day. 
I, I haven't actually got it out here. I've got a gecko here now that I keep looking at every single day and go, what the fucking hell are you? <laughs> I don't know. I've got one as well. Because one day she looks eclipsed, the next day she doesn't. She's not yellow. She's not a normal. She's not a bandit. She's like this fucking golden colour. I don't know. But I've got friends that I can message and say, am I being a fucking idiot? Am I being a fucking idiot here? What, what, am I, what have I missed? But if you if you are open to listening to advice, opening to talk to people, you'll be accepted into this group, any group within the UK. There isn't to me, there isn't a click. Do nice to me, I'll be nice to you. Yeah, talk people will about... naturally have their circle of friends. Yeah, the... obviously. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. So yeah, that's yeah. We have another questionnaire. It's from Lizardmad981. Mm -hmm. The process of getting a table at a Doncaster show, and I fear I don't know enough. I do understand sort of what this person feels, okay? When I first got my <laughs> table, it was the first time I met Mike and Chris properly. And I think I, you were next I, to me. Were, were you next to me that day? Next to you. You went to me, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Didn't you, didn't you drop your arse on your prices within about 10 minutes? If no, that weren't me. That <laughs> anyway, anyway, I do understand, obviously, when I first done my table, just as someone who's, who's just sort of done it, um, I used to think to myself, oh, I hope no one comes up to me and starts asking about genetics because of back, back three years ago, I wasn't 100% sure on what I was saying. And yeah. it, I always used to think to myself, I'm so worried. Someone, can't, someone like, because it's nervous. It's nervous when you've got Dave there, when you've got Mike there, when you've got you there, and you're a new breeder, and you're there, and you've got a table next to CF Geckos, who's got six years more experience than you. And you think, really? But all I'm going to say is it's none of that. Um, Chris could probably go into more details. He's had so many more tables than I have. Uh, I've only had the table the once. Um but so yeah, what's your what's your thoughts on it, Chris? So That's quite a good question, actually. So the tables are easy. The tables are easy. You go on the IHS um, and you email them straight over and ask them for a form. They'll send you a form. If there's there's no there's no requirement. There's no uh, I'm breed. They don't ask you what you're breeding there in the, on the sheet. Nothing. All they want is your IHS number. How many tables you want, and then they'll send you a form out. You'll send it off. If there's tables available, you'll get a table. Mm. What you've got to remember is there's a certain set of rules for the IHS when you get a table, and and for a hobby breeder, that means you you can't take visa payments. You can take a PayPal payment at your table. You can't take payments via visa and credit cards. I think it was Charlie that had his <laughs> little card reader with him. No, you can't have that, mate. You can't have <laughs> logos on site. You can't have logo. You can't have a logo behind you. You can't have a T-shirt. You can't have anything, business cards, anything on your table whatsoever. You can't look like a business. You cannot look like a business, full stop. You're a hobby breeder, so therefore, you all your breeding is what you've got to remember about the Doncaster show. It's a hobby breeder show. So you're selling breeding, excess breeding livestock. You're not selling a pet because you're not allowed to produce a pet. Mm. You're producing excess breeding stock. So it's easy enough getting a table. Now, when you do get a table, 
it is intimidating the first few times you go. Mm. But if you know what you're breeding and the lines that you're breeding and the genes that you're breeding and you understand your recessives and you understand your dominance and your co-dominance and you understand what you've done that year, talking about it should be fairly easy yeah. because you should understand what your project you've done and why you've done it. And that's the yeah. bit that, that's the bit that another brain is going to want to know. He's going to want to know why you've put that with that to produce that. Yeah. He's going to know, he, wants to, he wants to know what the genes are in play. And when I just said that it isn't, a pet, it isn't there for pets, you will have people come up and go, do they make good pets? And unfortunately, yeah. the, the Doncaster show, and people have fell foul of this. If someone comes and asks you, does this make a good pet? The answer is, it's an ex-breeding stock. It's, it's, it's extra. Because if you say the word pet, you shouldn't be at the table. Yeah. So it's a difficult one. But the actual, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah. But when you, before you get there, just get in your head, whether it's a story, whether it's... Hobbyist, 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 hobbyist. hobbyist, hobbyist. But why are you doing it? Why, why, why have you put that to that and explain to them? Someone comes up and says, what's in it? What's its flavour? What's its morph? Why has it got eclipsed? Has it got hair? Has it got this? Or part of the project. Yeah, and understand them bits. If you've got a project starting, if you're banging out geckos and you're banging hapslings, you should know why they are. You should know what your genes are in there anyway and what they're doing with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gino and Kevin, um, the shows are so much different here in the UK. You can't have any advertisement banners, so I can't have a big elite gecko banner. I can't have business cards. You're selling as basically surplus of your projects. Everything mm. that didn't make your hold back is what you sell at Doncaster. Obviously, people go there, buy pets and whatnot, but you cannot label yourself as a business at all. Uh, if I'm right, you're not really supposed to have the prices on your tubs. <laughs> I've never been pulled up for having prices on my tab, on my on my tubs. Um, in fact, I've always had them, and I've never been pulled up for it. Um, some of the really really high end stuff that I've done, I haven't had it on there. Yeah. Uh, because most people that are coming to the tables for me are breeders, and know what they get. So who's that? Do do you pay taxes? Um, so. There's, there's, that's the easy one. So the law within the UK regarding taxes that anything over anything you earn over one thousand pounds in a hobby or is classed as a business, and that's less expenses. So, i.e., if you made five grand last year and take out all your food, take out all your electric, you made one thousand five hundred pound. You have to pay tax on the five hundred pound. And that's where that one is. So as a hobby, as a what's the name side, whatever one of people call it, sideline, you make over a thousand pounds. Yeah. You've... That's what comes back what we said the other day. So if you're you're new to the hobby and you've bought, I don't know, three males and ten females and you've ended up with hundred and fifty babies and you said mm -hmm. all these babies, you know, you need to think about it's it's quality over quantity. It is. It's a, it's not even quality over quality. It, it's and people people see 
people will see what people charge for price, uh, geckos and all the bits and pieces. But what no one ever sees is is the the secondary cost. So food, electric, vet bills, lighting, UVs, in bowls. In. You name it. You 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 want to name it. My my food bill here is probably in the region of a hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty pound a month. Yeah. My electric is two hundred pound a month. Light bulbs I probably do once a month on normal light bulbs, probably twenty five thirty quid. Mm. UV because I've got the bearded dragons. I've got the frog eye. Well, I haven't got the frog eyes. They've moved over. I've got uh, toad headed garments. Earless dragons. Earless dragons, they're all under UV. Their bulbs are once a year, once every nine months to a 25 quid a bulb. No one sees that side of it. Paper, Paper towel. towel. <laughs> Paper towel. Supplements, all right. Supplements. So I go through supplements. So that pack ends up being like that by yep. the time you take all of that off. Yep. Yep. So everyone just sees this massive, massive, oh, you just 150, 200 pounds for a gecko, but they don't see all the bits. Like, like eco geckos that where Jen's just said, Jay's just said, supplements. I go through three kilos of Rapashi Calcium Plus, plus Vionite every year, once a year at least. Beer for interviews. Beer for interviews. <laughs> yeah. Go on then. Anyway. Um, you know Caitlin from London Leopard Gecko, don't you? Yeah, he's got your big big boy. What's the subspecies? Kevin will probably know it as well. Mangui lamb, mate. The mate, the size of that gecko, and it's got a little bit more growing to do. That is yeah. insane. So, but, so they go. They they don't tend to max out until about three years old, <laughs> and they get sexy matured about then as well. I remember you saying in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, they're slightly so they're slightly slower growers. They're slightly slower in, in the terms of breeding, but two to three years. Three years is generally when females, especially when you start growing them, but they'll still be growing at two years and, and probably max out somewhere around three. Um, thirty odd centimeters long, one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty grams. Anywhere between one hundred and twenty, one hundred and sixty grams is where they'll sit weight wise, but they don't max into Maclaurus. They just don't. It's not one that you'd put into your normal leopard gecko line. It doesn't work very it doesn't well. Work. And if it does, I think someone said if it does, I don't know whether I'm wrong, they're infertile anyway. Yeah, it's pointless. Yeah, it's pointless. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Caitlin said, Chris, you have such a variety. Uh, what is your favourite morph and what's your favourite to work with and why? So, two. there's two morphs. Obviously, bandits. As I've just shown, whereas I've got a female here somewhere, I think. You um, love yeah. the bandits, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do love my bandits. By the way, if anyone wants any bandits, I'm pretty sure Chris is going to have a ton available. Oh, nice. So, Chris, my, my, my opinion, mate, um, I don't, you don't ever see many adult bandits posted. Do they, do, I don't know, do they, do they fade out? No. No, not my this, this girl. So, so this girl is um, four years old. Right. Okay. Bloody hell. So she's four. So no, not in my opinion. All geckos will fade to a certain degree. Yeah. They all do through breeding, through age, through everything. Yeah. 
but they do. Now, my favourite morph out of everything is Universe. I know you like your universes. You see, so this boy is. So this is one of my main breeding males. He's a little bit underweight because he's he for breeding. some reason breeding. He just goes completely off his food. But universe is just. Is that the same male that was? He was the banner for ages, weren't? You? Yeah, he's insane. Yeah, he's a, he's beautiful. So he's down about twenty grams at the moment, but he always loses twenty to thirty grams through breeding. He just literally stops feeding. Yeah. Um, no reason I'm, why. I'm like that as well. Yeah. Just bizarre. And then as soon as we get to September, he'll just switch off and, and yeah. stop feeding. It's again. like, and that sounds bad. It's it's like his only thing he's got in his mind is sex. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. He, he literally, I could try and feed him absolutely everything, and he won't feed. But like I said, universe, universe, and bandits are just yeah. they're sexy. Um. Gosh has mentioned, have you put any like tangerines into bands? I think you said you wasn't too impressed how they, how they came out. So I did, um, I did electric for years into bandits. That's stunning. Um, and what I found is I either produced decent bandits, but crap tangerine, mm. or really good tangerine, crap bandit, and crap bandits. And it doesn't matter how much. I outcrossed them or held them back or moved them into each other. I didn't seem to produce anything. Now, I know um, Leo's, Leo's Geckos, Leo's in Ireland. Yeah. Now, I know he had a bit of um, joy with putting some tangerines in. I just never got electric to stick. Um, I've got about four, a group of about four, four, for next year mm. which is again playing with tangerine come on but playing with tangerine into um into bandit and bandit. vice versa um so yeah, with that's... tangerine with bandit does it come up like with a lot of hold backs breeding back in to get that tang back in you can't it's just all... get, i'm guessing you can't just get a uh, let's say, for example, you can't just get a copper and a bandit whacking together if you're going to get these bright oranges with the bold, bold markings. No, you can. You might just get. You might just get lucky. fucking lucky. You might get really fucking lucky. I've never been that fucking lucky. I'm, uh, <laughs> it's because you're scouts. <laughs> fuck off, you tosser. I'm not scouts. I've never been scouts. Cheshire, Cheshire, South Wirral. I'm closer to fucking Wales than I was. In Liverpool, you tosser. <laughs> I've got another question that links on what we just said. Yeah, um, Bubba's Gecko said, "What do you think of the G projects slash clowns in the USA? What's your thoughts on them?" In my, in my opinion, I love clown, but oh. G projects. Once you cross them out, they look shit. I'm sorry that they they look so 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 G project and clown project. Yeah, so, the, the G project has been pulled. So we had actually a conversation about this a few weeks ago. G project, everyone thinks it stands for green. It doesn't. It Gator. stands for fucking Gatorade. Yeah. I don't know why you call it a fucking line Gatorade. Like, it's beyond me. But <laughs> So that G project was about taking bold markings and putting it into an orange gecko, ultimately. <clears throat> and I don't want to be controversial here. But I actually think America, it's one of the lines that I actually think America is far more advanced than UK and Europe. Mm. 
so the one line, the two, one or two lines, I think they're actually more advanced than we are because they've got the original lines and there's very, very few of the original lines. With Sasebeck starting back up again, we might see it more. Well, Sasebeck said, like, I think it was on the um, Strength and Lewis podcast, he went, I'm seeing so many clowns that I'm doubting are from my line. If they're not from my line, I'm doubtful that they're clowns because of Mike posted a green line the other day and I could have swore that was clowns. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But and this is the crossover of all different lines, and this is the problem where things get murky, and this is where you have to outcross to improve your line. Mm. And this is the bit where it gets murky. Now the original G project line has probably got five different tangerine lines in it. Mm. Five. And it's about this outcrossing. A lot of it was done by Sasebeck. I can't remember who sold them on to, but there's there's a breeder in America with, with a lot of Sasebeck's original breeders. I think it might have been Enzo Geckos. I think he had a load of... Possibly. He's moved them on. I think Bubba Geckos has got a lot of clowns and stuff now. Yeah, it, it's... I mean, I think... Uh, yeah, just said that. Not just Geckos. I think USA have gotten some nice rules too. But you've got to remember is you can probably fit the UK into the USA about mm. 40 or 50 odd times. That's why I always say we, we're always stepping on each other's toes. I mean, well, well, I, if, I wanted, if I left now and went up to the tip of the iceberg, I'd be over there by morning of this. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's a different. You can't. But I still compare it's That's probably there's only two. The probably the only two lines. And and with the exception of someone like. Barry Gardner, um, which I believe Dave's got some of his lines. Yeah. Barry Gardner's just tangs um, are just the bollocks. They are <laughs> top draw, stunning. Yeah. No fat towels. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and even his tang captor. So I have actually got here that nobody's fucking seen. Nobody. I've never shown anyone. Um, you've not even seen them. But I've got tornadoes here. Yeah? Yeah. That came in from Canada. Um, Is that why you keep asking me to come over for that cup of tea? <laughs> no, that's because I want you to touch me winky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Barry's, Barry's uh, over there. There's very few lines that I don't think you couldn't get in Europe or the UK that are better than the States. There isn't the the G project and the clown project. Just, I think they're better over there. I think that, yeah. and I don't want to upset breeders over here. I really don't. But they're not quite right. There's something kind of missing, and it's the black markings. The whole point of like clown is the black markings and the tangerine and and then bits in there. The same as firebolts. The same as firebolts. I've seen very few. Yeah, yeah, I thought, that, yeah, Violet won't get. So there's very, very few that firebolts that I've seen over here, Europe, that have gone, do you know what? I want them. Because the problem with the firebolts is that after a year or two, we were talking earlier on about losing colour. They lose colour like that. They really drastically lose colour, which, in my opinion, I know it's, that's just my opinion. It's just not something that I've liked or interested in. I actually think was it um who's the Irish, who's the Irish lad who's just been posting? He might have magic. Speak, magic. Yeah, I know um 
Gecko Park Lee, he's got a firebolt from LM. Yeah. But that was set in Lee. I don't give it a year. Yeah. Fantastic as hatchlings. They look amazing. That's their Good selling cool. point uh, to about 30 grams after then. Yeah. That's a question I got for you as well with um, tugs. Because I, I don't know. I've got tugs from Mike. Is it another line of Mac? No. It's definitely not. Because of. No. Mate, some of them come out, mate. You, you, you know what I'm going to say. It's with, you can. It's up with the albinos. You can see a slight difference. So, so this is something we said earlier on, and it's about rainwater. That I said about rainwater, and what I've got to say is, and Dave's right. His a lot of the lines from Lee Young's are from Sasebeck because you talk about unknown breeders within the UK. Now, probably one of them is Lee Young's. Mm. He has got some amazing, amazing geckos that he really doesn't talk a lot about. So let's talk about Tugs. The Picasso line came from... Picasso line, there's a few yes. lines. And he has some amazing cheap project lines. Mm. Amazing stuff. But he doesn't post them very often. So let's talk about Tugs. So is it his own line of snow? Yes, it is. Because if you put a Tug to Tug... True talk to talk. Yeah, they get super. Mm. You, they won't. If you put, if you talks now, again, it's getting better over years. But out of the three snows, tug to me is a bit like rainwater. It's a bit wishy washy in colour, so it fades out quickly. It doesn't start out particularly bright. Now I've got one on my hand that um, is a nice gecko. Where I can already see, oh, fuck off, don't jump on the table, you little bastard. Is this one? Did, did you pair that to a bandit by any chance? Tug to bandit? Not telling you. <laughs> wow, I see. <laughs> That's nice. So, not a Zorro bandit. But I actually haven't brought him out, I don't think. But you've seen my bell. You've seen my bell. Yeah. So it went to him. Nice. Um, really? If you, yeah. But if you put if you put this one, so let's say a Mac or a Gem, um, it, it'll make a super. Yeah. No. So if you put if you put Tug, Tug to Tug, Mac, no, Tug to Tug, tug, is tug, no to tug super. won't produce super. Put, and Tug to if you pair a Tug to a Gem or a Mac, you get supers. Tug to. No, you shouldn't. If you put it to a tug to gem, you shouldn't. Don't jump off, you little shit. If you put, <laughs> if if you don't, if you put tug to Mac, you'll produce a super. Right. Gem to Mac, you produce a super. Tug to gem, you shouldn't. Magic said, "What snow would be best with a bandit?" I'd say Mac. Uh, well, that's gem. Mm. So it's. Dependent because Mac, I in my opinion, in that though. That's Bell. That's Bell. Let's, let's take let's take Albinos out of this because of Bell. Bell is a bit boldy than Trembo, in my opinion. Yes, it is. Um, I actually haven't brought the. I haven't brought the gem hatchling in the one with the stripe, which is unfortunately a fucking male prick. Um, Mac works Wade, really well. You must be pissed by now, mate. <laughs> Who me? No, Wade. Oh, Wade. Yeah. 
he plays rugby, isn't he? Isn't that a bit gay? <laughs> or anyway, Chris, mate, I need to go to the toilet again. You keep talking about I it. I can't keep talking because I need to piss as well, you daft fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute. You keep talking. Give me a All minute. Right. Let me get rid of this. I have a Mac, uh, Chris, which, so which now is best with Bandit? Um, Mac or Gem, in my opinion. Um, I'm trying to play around with uh, Tug in in the Bandit line. Um, and that one I've just shown is probably the best I've produced. Uh, I have a Mac Super Snow. Yes, yeah, so do I. I've got about um, 10 of them, I think. Gem, yeah, Gem bolds are crazy good. No, I agree. Use your bottles. I might have a little tiny penis, Mike, but it's not that small little fit in a bottle. Love the gems. Yeah, gems are cool. Gems are really, really cool. But Mike, Matt can do wondrous things to bold at lines. Show more bold stripes and bandits. Uh, what have you got, got told. <laughs> can, can I just... Can I just get out of the way first, please? Yeah, of course you can, mate. Of course you can. Anyone want to ask, anyone want to ask the non-scouts or anything? <laughs> it's a Friday night live. It's Michael. I will watch them later. It's a Friday night live. You know, it's all light-hearted. Few drinks. It's eighteen plus. So if you're under eighteen, you're viewing this. You got warned, kind of thing. What's <laughs> Dave? Dave, not not on this live. How many Morios are best for my adult Leo? I'd probably feed mine four. Dan. I'll ask him, Chris. Bold Bells. It's Al... Um, Gino, <laughs> you're speaking English. It's Albino, not Albino. Someone said they. Oh no, it's Chris. Have you got any bold bells there to see? Who's that, Chris? CNM. CNM. <laughs> so unfortunately, this one's probably about a day or so away from shedding. But I'm hoping Chris recognises this one. No way, That's nice. So I haven't brought my mail in. I know you told me to, but I forgot to pick the bastard up. No, it's because he bites. <laughs> a little bit. Only this time of the year, funnily. I don't know where, because obviously... Coming it's only this time of the year, but... Yeah. Did you, um, did you manage to sell the uh, DB? Yes. Yeah. That's a shame, yeah. man. That's a shame. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, um, I don't know whether your opinion is the same. I don't want to upset anybody. DB's finished with... Do you know what? I, it's not that it's finished with. Is the reason I've bred it for a few years, and the reason I've stopped is because what do you do with the DB? It won't get clean. It's white. Yeah. yeah. And if you look at the the things that I like breeding, they're colourful, they're spotty, they've got stripes, they've got snow, they've got white and black, and they've got bits and pieces. Um. Chris, that's your one, by the way. Unfortunately, it's going into shed, which is a bit a bit of a shame. With DB, is it's white. It's a white gecko, and okay, without snow, it's probably a little bit yellow. Um, 
Jay's, yours are different. Yours are different, Jay. Don't, yours are different. So this one is, um, this one's different. So, so this is actually um, Max Snow Tramper, but it's Het DB, and the tangerine line in it is copper. <laughs> so, hell. so this is one. Um, this is only she's about she's about three months old. Um, but you see my male George. He was a another absolute monster. So yeah, I'm, I'm, if you would have said, and that sounds bad, right? I'm just 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 hear me out. If he, Chris would have put Giant in front of that, you wouldn't think twice. Even though it ain't Giant, you wouldn't think twice. It's that he was that big. Mm -hmm. So so this this is. Um, this copper to DB. One of the reasons I did it is I wanted to test before I moved the, the Diablo Blanco group on that I had. I wanted to test for snow in each of the females. So over the last two or three years, what I've done is I've, I've test bred the females to know what I've got. And this is a question. This is something. It's not. Um, it's not a dig. It's not. A, it's not. It's really not a dig. It's not a punch at anybody. It's not. The problem with Diablo Blancos and Blizzards to a point is you see a lot at this moment in time that are labelled fake clips. Oh, fake eye, you want to sell that? It's not even the fake clips. You've got a lot, obviously, with Blizzard, you've got the fake clips, which is an absolute brain fart. It's a, it's a fucker. It's an absolute bastard. All right, fake clips in Blizzard is a bastard. But you've also got the issue with Blizzard and Diablo Blanco. Um, there's a lot at the moment that I produced last year myself that I went, that's a super snow. Mm. But you can't but see how it. Do you, but how do you tell between a snow... You can't. Super snow, you, you can't. I, I haven't produced any super it's snow. An edgy, it's an edgy... It's, it, all it is is more than... It's no more about an educated guess and nothing more. So you're going off head shape a little bit. You're going off colour a little bit but the one one thing I've never ever done and even um, one of the females that I had last year breeding last year hatched everything that she hatched last year was snow so mm. therefore she had to be super snow even though I knew that and test bred that and that, I didn't test breed it enough it to prove it I'd only produced nine geckos from her babies from her last year that's not enough to prove the super snow because again, this back to earlier on, you need to sort of have twenty or thirty to prove anything else. I don't personally label anything as a super snow in Blizzard or Diablo Blanco for the very reason the only way you can actually prove it out is by test breeding. Mm -hmm. that and that's the only way you'll do it. Blizzard is a bit of a fucker with the false eclipse. Yeah. So blazing blizzards as well. So the only way you can test a blizzard is by keeping the hatchings black and testing te uh, testing back to a raptor. But you test back to a raptor, everything you produce should be raptor. Yeah. The way the genetics work. But that's the easiest way. Good information there for anyone who wants to get into that. Okay, so let's have a couple more questions. Um, someone's, I think, who was this? Uh, Wade again. Um, thoughts on white and yellow? Oh, controversial. So, my thoughts on white and yellow. It's a fantastic gene. 
um, my thought is that my thoughts on white and yellow itself, or is that my thoughts on white and yellow syndrome? Um, I'm I'm assuming it's got to be the syndrome, isn't it? So, is white and yellow syndrome a thing? Yeah, yes, it is, to a point. Uh, we've seen more of it this year than we've ever seen it. So, I've been breeding white and yellow for five years, I think it is, around four or five years. So, uh, last year was the first time, and this is a line that I'd done previous, the first time that I hatched one baby that went out to someone that possibly was white and yellow or there's something else going on with it. And I don't mind, I don't mind admitting that at all. But there was something else going on quite not right on the back of the head. Now, that line that, that produced that one baby, the adult males had produced somewhere in the region of 100 geckos over the last three years, and nothing had produced from it. To me, there is something, there's something going else on apart from white and yellow syndrome that, that's off. Mm. Now, this year, we've seen incubation periods of 72 to 75 days to 76 days. Yeah. I've seen white and yellow syndrome babies that aren't white and yellow. Um, there's there's something going on else on with lines of geckos that I don't know the answer for. If you suspect, that's all I'm gonna uh, all I can say on it. If you suspect you've got white and yellow syndrome or some sort of neurological issue within a line of your geckos, you stop breeding it. It's that simple. And so, free eggs. If you hatch, in my opinion, if you hatch something that's in an absolute state, spinning yep. around, freeze yep. the eggs. And, and this will uh, lead us on to sort of enigma. Because Imagine just put, didn't white and yellow come from enigma? No. Yes and, yes and no. Yes, it did. But no, it didn't. Come from Poland, didn't it? it, came, so, it, it there, there you first go. Line, <laughs> the very first line was a Poland line, and then it went over to Germany and went over to Ron, and it went over to a few different breeders, and they've they've looked at it specifically. <laughs> but the first thought of white and yellow syndrome was the thought that it was very, very inbred, and that's the same. Again, it's it's it's, it's not trying to be what's name. It's the same if you look at super snows, right? So. Everybody loves the super snow, mm. but genetically, genetically, it doesn't sit quite right. So you can have more. I, in my opinion and my experience, I have more issues with super snows and morphs combined than I do with white and yellow. It's it's a hard one, white and yellow. If you, it doesn't matter whether it's white and yellow. Super, if you are, if you think you've got an issue in your line, you've got to retire whichever one you think the issue is with. And the only way you can prove that out again is coming back to test breed. But then, as soon as you find whichever adults it's from, you retire the adult. And as you just said, as bad as it sounds, it doesn't matter how far gone the eggs are, you freeze them. Yeah. Because that then stops that line complete. It's dead. It's done. And then you move the geckos on. Any geckos that I move on, by the way, that I think have an issue or that I've moved on to not like my lemon frost, I've got a signed contract to say, if you decide that you don't want the gecko anymore, it comes back to me. So I know exactly where it comes on. And this comes down to the same thing. You're always going to get somebody that's unethical or new to breeding or doesn't understand it. I think on one of our group chats, 
the other day, somebody put a baby up, quite clearly Enigma. Mm. Well, I didn't think it was, but it, it's there. I, I fell victim, I don't know if you remember Chris, years, yeah. I fell victim for the same thing. I got told yeah. uh, white and yellow tangerine, it was white and yellow enigma, wasn't 100% into my genetics at the time. Yeah. Uh, um, just fell victim, so, so same thing, so, same thing what we were saying. Yeah, I, I think with the white and yellow gene, you, this year's been weird. I've never... Do you think it comes down to a lot of White and yellow, to, maybe people are doing white and yellow to white and yellow pairings. I've done white and yellow to white and yellow pairings. Do you see a difference? You don't see a difference? No. Oh, no. I've got another question for you, because only because you've bred way more than me. Um, and I, I like to keep things as real as it is, and there's questions people don't like to answer and ask. There is, you do sometimes get, maybe not a gecko that's spinning and in a bad way, but you sometimes with white and yellows, just from my experience, you do get them, they hatch sometimes looking like they're pissed, they're drunk. Yeah. And after six months. Well, that's syndrome. That gecko is, is complete normal. Because the thing, this is the, the weird bit about white and yellow, whereas Enigma is, is slightly different. So Enigma is just one of them things that, that it can be visible from the minute it's born to the minute it dies. It's just there. It doesn't go away. And again, there's an old argument of, I've got a clean line, I've got this, and I've... It, it, you then start going down to AL and stuff like that, and, and whether you're breeding into whatever, right? Again, and it's only my personal opinion, there isn't a clean line of enigmas. I've heard it all before where four five hundred I've had four or five hundred accidents out of this line, it's never had an enigma, and I've gone to Doncaster, seen a bloke on the ta on the with tables circling. Right. White and yellow syndrome is different in this point that normally within six to twelve months, the issues of, of syndrome disappears. Mm. As you just said six to 12 months they seem to grow out of it but as a hatching if you've got anything that's circling or balance is gone it gets worse you've got to take that at that point and say there's something iffy with this baby and if it's from a white and yellow parent pairing you've got to retire the parents it's simple yeah and that cleans out the line the white and yellow actually white and yellow is really really quite a simple line to clean out Mm. It's it I, I, it doesn't take four or five years. White and yellow, you can clean out a line in two years from that. But just going back from non-white and yellow to non-white and yellow, and it, just for somebody of your experience, like like you said, there's been so many. Well, what we have seen, people have said that they they have a lot of white and yellow problems have popped up. What what do you personally think that's came from? Do you think it's come from? bad lines is it, it, it is it people getting mixed up with a i don't know a small defect that will go with time honestly don't know is the answer i know where some of the lines have come from and they're not bad lines mm. they're they're from respectable breeders that have bred for years and years and years and it's never been seen yeah for whatever reason but this year, I've also seen, as I just said, incubation days of uh, temperatures, uh, days of 75 days. Yeah. That's a lot. I could, yeah. incubate, 
I can incubate and we it out of an incubator in, and incubate a leopard gecko at 70 days without being in an incubator. There's, there's, there's something going on. And as I said, this year there's, um, and it's not a dig, it's not a point. There's, there's a lot of new breeders and, and a lot of them speak to me and some don't because think they think I'm an arsehole and I'm outspoken, which I can be, by the way. I don't, I don't, don't care whether I hurt your feelings or not. Not, <laughs> not that interested most of the time. But some people don't listen. There's this, this, this whole thing of going, oh, it's low expression white and yellow. It's not white and yellow. The hatchings that I've seen, a number of hatchings that I've seen are quite clearly not white and yellow. That doesn't mean they can't carry it, by the way. They can. But in... It's an arsehole gene, ain't it? It is an arsehole gene. You put it in tangerines, snows and things like that. Sometimes it can rattle your fucking brain. It's an arsehole gene. It's not only an arsehole gene because what it can produce. It's all an arsehole gene to identify. And it's misidentified a hell of a lot. And it's misunderstood. It's one. It's one of the. If, if someone messaged me now and said, um, "It's my first year. I'm going to breed white and yellow to this," I would say, "Don't breed white and yellow." Got your question, Cairo? Don't worry. Go on, Chris. I would. I would say, don't breed white and yellow. Don't breed white and yellow for two, three years, because understanding what it does and how you can see it in hatchling that big it means it's misidentified a hell of a lot and there is a white there is a low expression and high expression so everyone can see high white sides and they see a white band on the neck and they automatically see this white band on the neck a horseshoe on the neck and go that's white and yellow well it's not because yeah. there's other markers because you can see an eclipse and say it's got a white nose but it's not eclipse yeah and it comes down to like things like the same with pied lines. So, um, to me, there's only one true pied line, and that's in the super snow line. Anything else you see outside of a super snow, to me, is is a line bred or whatever you, a polygenic trait. That's that's what it is. White and yellow is a bastard. It's a bastard to identify. It's a bastard to because of this syndrome and all the other issues that come with that white and yellow. Yeah, a lot of it. I've kind of found it's either blatantly obvious. Yeah. Or you're scratching your head. Mm -hmm. That's how I find the white and yellow. It's either what's happening, I'm white and yellow, or it's, or I might be white and yellow. So, what have I got here? But does that come down to experience? It does. It does. So, this one. Now, that's no. white and yellow, isn't it? Is it? Well, the sides are high. <laughs> Don't jump off, you little shit. Um, is it? It looks white and yellow to me. It's not. Ah, oh, look at me. <laughs> no white and yellow in the line. In that particular right. line, I don't have any white and yellow. So, but... so basically, going off the high sides and the halo isn't necessarily an no. indicator that it is on white and yellow. So there's certain markers, so like... <laughs> So the pattern, if you've got a pattern down the back, say for instance, with non-white and yellow, it's normally blushes out, and with a white and yellow, it normally stops. It's mm. clear, clear, distinct lines. The, the white halo, the white horseshoe, whatever you want to call it, that is a marker. But there's other markers. But it, it comes back to, and again, it's new breeders, and this isn't again no dig because there's some fast, fantastic new breeders about. But 
it's about knowing markers within a, jet, a baby and a hatchling. Um, that one there, I don't even need to... I know what's in it, obviously. It's my gecko. Yeah. But I can tell you, without looking at it, that's MP. Spotting? Spotting. So, Blizzard, so this is a bit about markers and, and, and learning. When you decide that you're going to do a project, understand the markers within the hatchlings because I get a lot of messages every day, every couple of days saying, can you help me with this one? And, yeah, I'll help you. But every, every gene has markers in a hatchling. Super snow or eclipse, white nose, white feet. Higher white, there's there's all kinds. So, but MP and Blizzard are the only two morphs that will show a head. They go really spotty, don't they? Yeah, hyper spotting, and that's that hyper spotting. But that, but the amount of people that will breed Blizzard and MP and don't actually know that is is phenomenal. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite a quick one to to read up. It's quite there. It's called Diorite, however you want to pronounce it. It's quite hard with my accent, but it's there. Yeah. So that's what that is. Right. Do you find with some like genes, like even with like sometimes het eclipse, sometimes you can get a very slight whiten of the nose, or even sometimes a very slight whiten of the tip of the tail. Yes, you can. But, but where do, where is that a marker for eclipse, or is that a polygenic trait that's bred into the gecko? And this, like I said to just a second ago, regarding pides. So I, I've even done it myself, where you get, let's say, a gemstone you call it a pied. I've actually switched slightly to call it white-faced. Yeah. Because I don't believe it's pied. I think it's a polygenic trait where we've... we've Line breath for the white void in the head. We've white, what the white void in the head. Is that pied yeah. or is that just a trait that, some, that we picked on and we bred it and bred it and bred it and bred it? Yeah. And we, that's where they were at with that. I, I, I would personally say pied is, it also, always comes in with the super snow. Yeah. It's like with CNN put the other day, uh, not the other day, today. You can see literally pied is splotches of, let's say a super snow, splotches of white. That is pied. Yeah. I wouldn't say like, let's say I produce a raptor had a big high pied, there's me saying pied, a huge white void. Do we say that's pied? Yes and no. No, not but, really. Well, I it, suppose it, you can say pied face or pied yeah. kid. Yeah, it, 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 depends on, it depends on your thought or process. Is it pied? Yes, it's got no marking. So pied would be essentially less, less melatonin without, um, without markings. So pied, avoid on the head, would class as but a that, just, that can just come with eclipse, with raptors and... And this is the bit that's interesting. Is it truly a pied line or is it a polygenic trait? Mm. Same as giant and super giant. Now, you know my thoughts on giant and super giant. Yeah. Do I think it's a, it's a gene? No. No, I believe, no, way. no. no way. I believe year on year on year, as I said, yeah. go back 15 years ago, an average weight for a female leopard gecko would have been around 40 grams. Mm. And a breeding, actually, a breeding weight for a leopard girl about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, was about 50. And every year we go, we get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we're at 60 with the female. Yeah. Male's not so much important because he'll just do his job because male are horny little bastards. And they will go from about 15 grams if you give them a chance. Yeah. That, that's what's new. It's just how you want to read what you're looking at. And sometimes, 
sometimes it's about putting the names to something. So we've seen it. Aura. And that's a white and yellow bell eclipse. Oh. Yeah, it's a it's a line. So sometimes line names can catch people. Can catch yeah. people because it sounds more Zorro Bandit fucking sounds amazing, doesn't it? It comes with like even with tugs, phantom, yeah. goblin. Yeah. And that's a bit it's the name. It sounds cool. Yeah. And let's go back to fishing. Do you know when you go to a fishing lake? I'm going to a fishing lake next week. It's got a fish called Arthur. Makes it sound Ooh, weird. Arthur's seventy pounds. Not even seventy pounds. He's forty. He's just a seventy pound common. I want to catch Arthur because he's forty yeah. pounds. Line names are about drawing you in. Mandarin. I'm not going to go into the Doros. They're all about drawing people in. Or Aora, white and yellow bells. They're just about a name to draw people in, and it's deciphering what them bits are, and that's that. Yeah. It's all about deciphering. Well, Cairo, funny enough, we're talking about giants. Gy I'm getting my words mixed up. Funny we're talking about giants. Uh, Cairo put, what's my opinion on the super giant? Mm. I personally feel like, and Chris despises it, I personally feel like it's lime bread. I understand where the recessive bit comes in because of if you've got a super giant and you pair it to a normal, you're not going to get very big geckos. If you That's pair wrong. a super giant to a big gecko, you're going to get bigger geckos. Well, you're, you're slightly wrong there, Joe. I don't want to correct you, but you're slightly <laughs> wrong. So let's take it away from giants. Let's take cool. it away from giants. You put, a, let's say, a super hypo yeah. to a normal. Right. 50% of your babies will be normal. 50% of your babies will be hypo. Mm -hmm. So let's take it up a bit. You put a 100-gram gecko... So a 50-gram gecko, in terms of polygenic and the way it works, and, and genes, 50% should be 50 grams, mm -hmm. and the other should be 100 grams. And that's just the way polygenics also work. And that's the thing, and it all comes back. And if people think I'm wrong, they're quite welcome. Go back 10 years. Have a look at a wild-type leopard gecko. They weigh no more than 40 grams in Pakistan, Iran. And, yeah. uh, they, they look, they, we yeah. breed fat geckos. How yeah. many times have we seen it on a group? I've got a gecko that weighs 110 grams. Is it a giant? No, it's fat no, as fuck. It's, it's, yeah. It's yeah. fat as fuck. Yeah. And that's, that's this bit with giant and non-giant. Years and years and years and years and years, we have bred and bred, and it's all selective breeding. Everything we do... Where it's, it's like us. It's like us humans. When we, yeah. we, let's say we go back to the caveman times. We'll be skin, we're skinny, we're, rogue, we're struggling for food. Now look at me and Chris. We've got bellies, we can't see our willy. Fuck off, you prick. I, got <laughs> I think it's just... My bellies because I like kebabs. <laughs> So yeah, my my opinion, I think it's not. I think giant is lime bread, big gecko to big gecko. I know Americans say you can get a het super giant, and I don't. I personally don't believe in that. Um, I think it's big gecko to big gecko. Um, with with things with giants as well, what I've noticed is if I with my female, really she should be sitting at eighty. If I let, I can get her to 120, but that's getting unhealthy. I put a photo of her or a video of her at 113. 
That is too big for her. That is way is. too big for her. So, uh, what have we got here? So, this this is one. I, this is one of the boys I bred last year, um, and he sits around ninety grams, and I could probably get him up to over hundred grams if I wanted to. Mm. Don't fucking do it. This is another one that bites me occasionally. What is I'm it? Fucking lunatic. Um, I can get all of my geckos, if I wanted to, to hit over 100 grams. Do I want to? No, it's unhealthy. Yeah. The, the giants and giants that you see about, they're fantastic looking geckos. Some of them are just fat. Mm. It's simple. They're overweight and they're fat. It's like when I was talking to Kevin, he was like, Super giant female should be sitting at 70, 80. Yeah. If you want to, you can get them to 110 and people will pay a lot of money for it. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. I, I, totally, I totally agree. But a lot of, if you let your gecko, if your gecko's healthy and you let it reach three years of age and you're, you're giving it a lot of food, Chris could get one of his adult males to 110, 120, even one, probably 130 if he wanted to. Yeah. So, so bi uh, bi geckos. I think it's Brad, isn't it? I always put giants. So you're you're right, and this is this is what in, you keep talking. I've got to go to the toilet, Chris. <laughs> go on, mate. This is what in, not infuriates me, but this is what gets me regarding giants and super giants. Now, if you look at the explanation of a giant, what it say, states is the gecko will reach a hundred grams within. I can't remember off the top of my six to nine months for a male, and X amount of, it's probably 12 months. Now, how anyone can label a baby as a giant at two months old, according to the very genetics that we work to and the very labels of uh, gecko and, and the morph itself, you couldn't label it as a giant until it reaches that certain weight. <laughs> Uh, apparently, you've mi I've missed the talk about white and yellow, Chris. A little bit. What do you want to know about white and yellow? Fuck me, how grey are you? Who's this? Who's... That's your mate, Jason. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Fuck off, you tosser. I am grey, yeah, because I used to know people like you. I lived up the thing is, Chris, your mate Jason, I said to him, I went, Chase, did you? He went, yeah, me and Chris used to go to school together. Like, we, we were boys. Oh, what are you, Scouts? He went, yes, I'm Scouts. I went, that's no, what I'm fucking Scouts. Full of shit. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this to bed, right, once and for all. Right, I am. we are closer to fucking Wales than we are Liverpool. We can drive to Wales faster than we can drive to Liverpool. It's that simple. So we well, use. Why do you sound scouts, not Welsh? Suck my fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, but the thing is, Chris, everyone tells me, I'm not going to mention any names. Dave. Everyone says to me, call Chris Scouts, and it winds him up. That's Dave. That's Dave. <laughs> so I've, got, I've been told I've got to show these two, by the way. So I will do before we get too far in and you can't really see them very well because of my shit camera but these two are the super platinum here and then this one is the albino version 
Charlene says she doesn't need to know anything about white and yellow. Who's? KLG. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting a few. Was it not you, Dave? I do apologise then. No, I, I am not familiar. It was actually Mike. <laughs> was it? Oh, he's a he's a ginger prick as well. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm not from Liverpool. I'm not from Liverpool, unfortunately. And my, my my family are, but I'm not. No, closer, quicker for me to drive to to. Uh... Yeah, it's quite right, Dave. I am a woolly back, so closer to Wales than we are to Liverpool. But I could explain the story of why we're not Liverpool, but I'm not going to because it's boring. Anything else then, Joe? Uh, George, because I need a piss again. Do you want to go piss first? Yeah. A couple more questions and that's it. Yep. That. That's why I die for then drop you in it. Twenty-four people. I'm going to try my best to upload this in high quality. Um, I think the main problem is is my laptop. My laptop isn't made for it. It's it can't even play Minecraft. Don't ask why. I've tried to play Minecraft on there, but it it, it can't even play that. So hopefully, um, when I get back to my computer at my parents' house, I can upload better quality. Because when I upload with Chloe, it wasn't wasn't very good. So hopefully, a few people have commented saying, "Oh, am I watching this in?" Uh, 240p or something love you Lee congratulations on your rainwater mate stunning hopefully it's incubator mail for me oh fuck I think he's gone for a wee outside the front door that is, I didn't hear the, the, the stairs creak I'm not that fucking fat you bellend <laughs> Uh, go on, sorry. Um, uh, Recto Reptile said, what's your main projects? Here he is. He just came in as well. Uh, what's what's my, main project? What's my main project? Um, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I thought that was coming. <laughs> so what is your main project that you're happy to share? What projects are you really happy, that you're really proud about, that you're happy to tell people about? Um... So, I'm going to do it. So, one of the projects next year is you've gone. You've gone a similar way to me. I was waiting for this year because I give you my best gecko last year. <laughs> so, so, one of my projects next year uh, involves. Let's go. Which is looking Popper. a bit proper and uh, MP. Um, so the next couple of years will be playing around with these. In, and unfortunately, if fucking this thing drowns out the saturation on these geckos, because mm. I posted one of these earlier up on one of our group chats, and yeah, and that out in natural sunlight, and they are phenomenal. And this again, it goes back to. Dave's lines because they're he produces some beautiful, beautiful geckos, and I've got a few here. Don't jump your toss up. Um, but I've got 
a little project with them in mind. Um, also, I've hatched. Where is she? Uh, I've lost her. So this is another project that started last year. Um, and actually, George, you told, turned down the mail. <laughs> can't keep it. Can't take them all. Uh, is that it? Was that the um, so now this is after it as well, wasn't he? This, yeah. is, this is one of the females. This is one of the hatchings from this year. She hatched about three months ago, three right. or seven months ago. So she's a she's a big girl. Um, but this is one of the things I'm playing around with next year. Um, again, the saturation is dialed down a bit on the picture, unfortunately. I put her up on our group chat earlier on. Yes. Um, so it's a difficult one. But yeah, there's a few. There's, there's two. I'll carry on with the Zorros. Uh, I want to try and do a bit with the Platinums. Mm. And the Super Platinums. Because um, the thing with the Platinums, Chris, is it, it's a very hard morph to hit. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. really, me and Holly, or we're, we're we're one of few over here. We've we're lucky to get to get one, really. Yeah, I was. Holly's one is mental. Yeah, and, and they are. And like I said, it's it's. Last year, I didn't have the project in mind. I had a bit too much going on with other bits and pieces last year, to which is why I released the one to you and obviously the one to Holly. Um, this year. Uh, for next year, I've got a few other little bits to play around with um, in, in terms of tangerine. And uh, this, this, the one I've just showed you, she'll go back. She'll go Yeah, to... Holly, you'd do well with him. Uh, 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 100%. So this will go back. So this, this, will, this is a male I'll be playing with. Oh, excuse me. This will be a male I'll be playing with next year. As soon as you get them out on camera, they're not interested, are they? <laughs> no. Nice. Um, but again, another decent male. Yeah. Uh, but th so these, so this line here that I'm playing with, the ones I just showed you, I don't think I brought the other female in. They're all from um, Abyssinian lines. Yeah. <laughs> Yours come from Mike. I'm not telling you. <laughs> Yeah, I like the Abyssian. It's almost like a white eclipse eye. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it, I haven't hatched yeah, it myself, I'm honest with you, but from what I've seen online, it's crazy. I, I think crazy. it might get his from... I don't know whether you know. Is it his from Sosobek? Yeah. Uh, what do, what gems do I work with, Chris? Uh, I have gem in Bell. I also have gem in Tremper. I don't tend to do much in German Tremper. Um, I know Dave does some fantastic stuff, but but my experience with it uh, might have just been where it was me. I, the, mine always come out a bit shit. Um, well, I'd say what's the name? They're a bit shit. Whereas I find Bell into yeah, Gem into Bell. Yeah, so bold as well. Yeah, I've just showed. I showed one earlier on with Gem Gem. I've done some. Um... Because I was so lucky, Mike. I've always been after Stonewash, and Mike yeah. told me I've got a project, and I've put the gem Mike said to put with the Stonewash, and it's been phenomenal. So that's one. Of the, the weird thing about Gem and Bell, and the, and, and the bells that I produce, 
Now, if I, I haven't brought any out with me, because obviously mine are all in the shed. If I showed you a bell at sort of eight grams, nine grams, 10 grams, and even gem bell, like this one is just starting to, the colours just start to come out on it now. Mm. If I showed you a bell at this size and said it's gem snow, it looks nothing like it will at 30 grams. Yeah. Because the colour on mine seemed to flood at about 20 to 30 grams. That's where the colour starts coming out on. They look, again, like Rayla, and I use the term a lot, but wishy-washy. Yeah. Until they hit about 30 grams. And I know that Wade's had a few from me. You've had, I think, did you have any bells off me last year? Yeah, I've had a few bells off you. And the tangerine comes out as they get to sort of 30, 40 grams. Mm. But yeah, gem, gem to me is, works better with bell but that's just my experience and it might not be true for everybody depends what you like like chris likes his bright bold colors it depends what mm. if you like wishy-washy then gem just get a no even don't even put albino in it no um yeah. got another question from bubba gecko saying what would you change uh in the hob what change would you like to see in the hobby what change yeah uh Enigma gone, white, uh, not white, uh, Enigma gone, Lemon Frost gone. Stop reading. Yeah. Um, I think I think it would do a world of good for the hobby um, as a rule. Doncaster have got very, very good in the fact that you can't sell Lemon Frost and you can't sell any Enigma Morphs. But yeah. as you've heard with a few of the American sites, we are the only country... You can go to Europe, any of the European shows, and you'll they'll be on the tables. Any of the American shows, they'll be on the tables. But for me, it is um, we're always us us uh, British have always been a bit ahead. Oh, sorry, Whoa. we've always been a bit ahead with um, like ethics. Yeah. Like every country has different perspectives. Like in Indonesia, you, they're happy to put a gecko in a one-liter tub. In America, they're happy putting them in ten. Over here, we keep them in thirty-twos. Yeah, I think I, I don't go into much of. I, I'm not going to get in, into the a massive debate of how how you keep something, and because if that's the case, let's let's all. And this is the, I think it's uh, Lily Rose. Uh, Lily Rose. Uh, Lily Rose Reptile. Sorry, I've had about fucking eight beers now. <laughs> um, their racks that they were building a little while back were fantastic. So let's be honest with ourselves in saying if we were fully going down the welfare route, we'd all be installing racks with UV and heat. I've looked at it myself. Lily Rose have done a lot more than than myself on it with UV meters, and then managed to find a balance. I couldn't find a balance between height of UV to the back without causing burns, um, which which is prevalent with all UV levels and, and where you are with bats. I think I think the minute we stop working with things like Enigma and Lemon Frost is better for the, the whole hobby because it's something that we get thrown at back with with. Um, activists and stuff we keep them in this and we keep them in that and we breed this which is defective and, and all them sort of bits yeah. yeah, if it's defective we shouldn't be breeding it sort of thing no. the only thing I can say to that is uh, I just think everybody it, it, it comes down to paranoia I think a lot of people think it's this person saying this about that and 
with doing what we do, you got to be careful what you say. So if I turn around and say tomorrow, I don't. I, I've seen I've seen issues with um, tugs. Yeah. If someone watched this on YouTube, like uh, like the Urban Gecko, he'll think you're talking about me. Yeah. Well, I might not necessarily. I'm not actually talking to you directly. I'm just talking about my experience. Well, let's go back to white and yellow, because. I'm bound to get messages of what I've just said about white and yellow. Now, I'm not singling out any single person regarding white and yellow breeders or anything, or what I've seen or what I haven't seen. I've seen really short incubations. I've seen really, really long incubations. What you're going to take is, is what you can see and what you've seen over the years. Now, what I've seen over the years is this is the first year that I have seen anything really, really prevalent with white and yellow syndrome. From afar. From afar. Right? It's gone through loads of lines and loads of people have said they've got white and yellow syndrome all over the place. I've seen it from six, seven different breeders in the UK. Now, have I seen it personally? No. Did I think I had one last year? Possibly. And I don't mind admitting it. Did I retire the female and the male? Yes. Do I, Can I prove the back line of them two genetics for... 100 babies on the male and 30 or 40 on the female. Yes, I can. This isn't meant to upset anybody or piss anybody off. Or, or I don't care whether you get upset by what I say. There's something else going on this year with white and yellow syndrome that I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't understand it fully. I'm not going to stand here and preach. I don't fully understand it myself. But this year, it's been more prevalent than it ever has. Ever. I mean, I mean non, I'm not like babies, everything around it is weird. No disrespect to like anybody, but for example, if I decided, even though I knew the issues with lemon frost and I decided to breed them for something I don't know, I want to breed the tumors out, try and breed the tumors out, whatever, I know the issues that they have. Mm. So if I was to breed a lemon frost, I know that they, they, they have a back history of having mm. tumours. With white and yellows, is they can produce white and yellow syndrome. I've seen posts from people, not even over here, from overseas, that have had a, a line that has never, ever produced a white and yellow syndrome. And they've had one pop out with a white and yellow syndrome. I suppose it's just something that is genetically in there. I'm guessing if there is a bad line, you can get white and yellow problem, I guess. It's but what I'm saying is, is white and yellow syndrome is something that is, is an issue in that gene. So mm -hmm. therefore it can pop up. At, it, it, you, you could have 10 babies, yes. no problems. And then the last egg you've hatched from that pairing is spinning like a, like a, yes. I don't know, a Beyblade. But what doesn't, but but that that then leads to the next issue. What what is the, what if that isn't white and yellow syndrome, and that is just an incubation problem or uh, a problem? So again, but would you get an incubation problem? Let's let's say you got a two. Let's say you got a white and yellow. Let's say a white and yellow trend prepared to a match. Take away take away white and yellow. Take away white and yellow, George. Right. So earlier this year, I haven't got a picture of it here. Right. Earlier this year, I had a single female pair of eggs from one female right same clutch same incubation next to each other same temperature absolutely 
everything the same. The only difference is there is five millimeters between two eggs sitting in an egg tray like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. One hatched perfectly normal. The other was deformed. The other's deformed. What's caused it? I would, I would say incubation issue, but it can't be because the other one's be. fine. So, um, is it just something that happens? So, so in that, in that, in, in that tub, because I use uh, gecko egg organizers, I use right. So geos. In that egg, in that container, there's that set of two eggs there. There's another set of two eggs here. Two there, two there. So there's four clutches of eggs in, in that. All incubated at the same time. All went in the tray at the same time. All on the same incubation media at the same time. All at the same temperature at the same time. And the only one baby, or the only one baby that hatched is one. So the other seven were perfect and one had issues. What causes that problem? Because I'll be quite honest, I'm fucked if I know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, it, and this is what back, leads to back to this White and Yellow Syndrome. This is where it's really subjective. And this is where you have to make a, a, a thing in your own mind. I've got an issue with a breeder. Do I stop or do I go what? So that female that I had a misformed gecko from, Right, and perfectly fine. It's got a wonky tail and a bit of a hump on its back. Perfectly fine. It's gone to the same person that had my lemon frost. All of the thing. It doesn't ever breed. But one out of eight eggs, all on exactly the same, hatched with a problem. Now, the th previous three clutches have hatched perfect. The next four clutches have ha per hatched perfect. Mm. Is it just a problem with that one egg? Or is it a problem with the female? Well, the, my, what I could say to that is, is if it was a white and yellow pairing and a max, let's just say a non-white and yellow pairing, would you still, would that, let's say you've got a max snow to max snow and you've had something, incubator problem and it's hatching, spinning away, does that happen? Yes. So well, you, I, oh, you got way more experience than me, mate. Yeah. So much more experience. Yes, it can. Uh, uh, so, so there's, there's not a breeder on this planet that can wholeheartedly put their hand up and say, I have never, ever had an issue with a hatchling. Ever. Because it happens. It, happens. Yeah. it happens. And anybody that says, I've hatched a thousand hatchling babies and I've never had a problem... I'll call bullshit. I'll call bullshit. I'll tell you now, I'll call bullshit. Because you will have an issue. Because at the end of the day, these geckos, the reason why they lay this many eggs is in the wild, a lot of these babies are gone. You, let's say a female lays 12 eggs, you might get lucky one lives. Yeah. Predation, inclination areas that, that flood in. On, yeah, there's loads of different things about it. But there isn't a breeder on this planet that can't say they haven't hatched something with a deformity, a balance issue, or something, or something, or this, or that. Because they're talking shit. Yeah. Anyone says I've been breeding for 10 years and never had a problem, bollocks. And it comes Wait. down to genetics as well. It's like, for example, I'm 
me, me, let's say me and my missus, we might not be able to have a kid just through our genetics. No. And that's and the it thing. can happen with geckos. That's the thing. It can happen with it. But it can be as simple as simple as an incubation media. Your temperature could be off. You've heard the thing of, of hot females. Mm. Right? Everyone's heard the thing about hot females. It, you get this in all... We, we take things to an absolute extreme. Let's go back to... What dog is it you've got there? Pug. Uh, pug Shih Tzu, yeah. Ugly. Ugly pug. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> right. Let's take it. Let's take it back to dog breeds. So, someone twenty years That's... ago decided decided they didn't like the nose on your pug. Right, it stuck out too far. Mm. Right, it stuck out too far. So year on year on year on year on year, we bred it to bring that fucking nose in there. Right, and now your dog's got a breathing difficulty. It yeah, fine. <laughs> Does it snore? He actually doesn't. Do you know what? Uh, it's because he's mongrel, isn't it? It's because he's yeah. crossed. But we brought that nose in so flat that now, actually, the Watsonu says, no, we're going to breed it back because they can't fucking breathe. And that's kind of breeding. And that's kind of... Uh, this is this comes back to refresh your bloodlines as possible. Get... I've probably sold... I'm not going to tell you how many I've sold this year. But I've sold geckos this year. And not one person... Oh, no, that's a lie. There's five people have said... What are the, where are the parents related to? Mm. So if I tell you that my lines and I've got my lines are linked back to Mike, they're linked back to Dave, mm. Phil Shrimpton. Yeah. So, so and all those guys have got their geckos off you. So Sobex, you run Trempers, you Barry Gardeners, like you did top top tier. I think Dave and Mike got a lot of their geckos from Sosobex auctions back in the day, 10 years ago. Yeah. The thing is, this is the bit, is, is you, someone could, I can go now, I'm not looking in the UK or Europe to refresh my Murphy patternless line, right? I'm looking in the States. Mm. Because if I said to, say you, George, I really like that male, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have it off you. Well, it's linked back to well, my... the, the parent was from you. Exactly. So they're linked back to my net male. So, so you said about him earlier on. Right. Sorry, everything's in tubs, little tubs, because I'm not in the shed. Come here, you big bastard. Nice. So Black Knight. Black Knight, Max No, Lavender, Eclipse. So Max No, Lavender, Eclipse. Because it's not a Black Knight, in my opinion. Just my opinion. The thing is with Black Knight, though, in my opinion, almost like with a Het Blizzard, Black Knight, when you pair a Black Knight to something like what's going on with your gecko there, it, it shows off that spotting. Yeah, not to a, to a point, yes and no. To a point, yes and no. And you had the super snows off me, right? But who has asked me this year the genetics... Of this fella, and where did he come from? No one. <laughs> yeah. So you're refreshing your line because you've you've got black knights. Let's say Dave, because I know he breeds his black knights. You just been out and bought a shiny new black knight off Dave, and then you've seen one of my super snows. Mm. 
I said, oh, I really want that super snow. I want to put it to a black knight that I got from Dave. Well, it's related. It's the same line. Easy. So what says that's not the issue? Inbreeding. There's lots of there's lots of things with incubation and all kinds that we don't fully understand. Yeah. Well we're all learning. That's it. at the end of the day, we're all learning. That's just that's just how it yeah. is. No, is it? And, and that's the whole thing. Like I said, I just said earlier on, really early on tonight. Well, do I know the pinnacle and every, end all of everything within breeding? No, do a fuck. I can't yeah. tell you. I've just told you. I had four Sharing your experience. Yeah. One of eight. I've had it. This is what I've learned over the time. I had one in eight that hatched deformed. Does mm -hmm. that mean my line is fucked? Or does it just mean there was something wrong with that one egg? Yeah. Not, and that goes all the way through breeding. It goes back to, like, I know people say you shouldn't say, oh, in the wild. All these eggs are not supposed to hatch. Why do you think chameleons? I had even chameleons. They lay 50, 60 eggs. And when you do hatch them all you will notice 30, 40 of them will die for no reason. It's, it's because not, they're not all supposed to live. Massive, hold, uh, ma massive mortality rate in chameleons. I've bred them. I've, bred, I've had uh, Jacksons, um, Willingensis, uh, Bomies. Their mortality rate is through the roof. But mm. that's, as you just said, they're producing numbers for a very, very good reason. Because yeah. probably one out of 50 in the wild would hatch. In... In what we're doing, we shouldn't have that. Now, I've had a year this year where, and it, and it comes around in cycles, I've probably lost 30% of my eggs, 40, 30% of my eggs. Now, I've, not, I've changed nothing from last year, nothing at all. Cooling down period, the same. Bringing up back up to temperature, the same. Incubators, the same. Media, the same. Parents, males, females, even the parents that did really well last year, either laid duds or when they got an incubator, didn't last or didn't weren't fertile. And it, that can come around in cycles. Everyone can have that every now and again, that you just have a weird year where this year we've been off with temperature. We haven't really had a summer. We haven't really had a winter. We, mm. we don't understand pressure. How, how that's all related to leopard gecko breeding or any reptile breeding, how humidity has a massive act or any of these bits and pieces that we don't fully understand and we will never, we don't, we, and we, I don't think we can. But every little thing that we do, I haven't changed anything. The only thing I've changed since is I put Vionite back into Calcium Plus because that's the only real difference that I took out from last year. Is it that? I don't know. I haven't got a clue. There you go. So well, I don't. I don't know the be all and end all of, of leopard geckos. I learn every single day. And as I said, um, do I portray myself as knowing everything? No, I don't. Do I still go to Mike or or Dave or so? I'm, like I said earlier, I'm really lucky in the close knit friends or close friends that I've got. They're yeah. probably faster some of the best breeders within the UK. They taught me. They, I still learn from them every single day because I can ring them up and go, what the fuck is this? Because yeah. I still don't know. What is this? Uh, what? Oh, well done. I thought there was like, there was no chance of this producing this. No, there's one, there's one in fucking 36 or 48. It's miracle odd, but it can do it. I go to Mike. I go to friends within these breeders. 
and that's what it's about. It's about linking in with everybody else to to gain your experience to help yourself along. It's it's all it's a hobby. It's supposed to be fun. We're all learning. Yes. We all talk to each other. You know, I get people <laughs> ask me silly questions. I get people ask me questions I ain't got a clue what how to answer. That's a, that's yep. what makes it a hobby. It's it's like with anything, whether you're your car driver or you build engines. You know, it's that, that is it. I think people have this misconception that because of you've been doing it for this long, you've got you know it's nothing nothing to do with that. We're all learning. I, I know. Um, I can't remember his name. Someone in the States is doing a live of us. He's only been breeding a year. What he's been producing, it looks like it pisses over mine. At the end of the day, we're all in it together. Um, we all have misconceptions of each other. I know a lot of people think Chris is moody, but, you know... I am. You, you can't... You know, the thing is, you can't... I, I know you on a personal level. You're if anyone anyone on here that's watching this and thinks Chris is moody, why don't you meet him the the day before Doncaster? He's pissed as a fart. He's dancing. He's asking, "Do you want to go to the toilet with him?" Do you know what I mean? It's, you, you can't judge somebody through text messenger, and I'm worse for it. If I talk to somebody, I come across abrupt, and I, I, I'm dyslexic. I don't know what. Do you, know, you, you, you can't judge somebody through just text message. Mm. Do you remember when me and you met in the toilet at Donny? <laughs> no, I don't fucking remember. Did, did you try? I'm not from fucking Yorkshire. No, you showed did me something. You touch... Is that a sea slug? You tried to touch me, didn't you? <laughs> you got, you, I got, you've got, I got two there. more questions. I've got two more questions because I don't. I think this Hello? is. What is the time anyway? <laughs> you tried. To, you, I remember you tried to touch me in the toilet. I remember you doing something to Charlie's pint glass. Yeah, I rimmed it. <laughs> um, I got this. I think it was this finger. I stuck it down my ass. Oh, I right. saw the lot. I could right. not believe it. Right. <laughs> and then he thought we were joking because he started I'm licking like... the glass, if I remember right. <laughs> Literally, I went... Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, two more questions. <laughs> yep, favourite combina... co Leo combo and why? It might not be something you produce. You might be like, oh... I love um, Mandarin and whatever. So, my... That I haven't got here. All right, I said I've got Tornado that no one's seen. But actually, I've got Ginger. I, I'm going to say back to um, Blood. Barry's... And I, and I know Dave has got some. But Barry's Bloods are fantastic. Yeah. You yeah. keep cutting up. Yeah, Barry's Bloods are fantastic. They are... Top notch. I think absolutely top notch. Ron commented, and I think Dave's got one from Barry. And I think Ron mm -hmm. commented and said that is the best. I don't know whether it's a head tramp or a visual tramp. He said that is the best tramper tangerine I have seen. And yeah. It, yeah, Barry's Barry's in my and it's again it's my pin. Um, Dave's got. I've got some really really nice tangerines here, but Barry's tangerines are on a just a different level they are fantastic it, it's definitely a blood magic you keep freezing george right you know you're all you're all good for me um last question can you hear me chris Go on. last question is yes mate you might be able to answer this so you did work with cresties didn't you I, I say work they're just not my cup of tea yeah but well someone on. put they want advice on a baby slash juvenile crestie that's attacking everything. Um, 
I, I wouldn't class myself as a Cressy breeder whatsoever. Um, it was this year that I got a load in. Um, I've had. Well, what do you mean by? Sorry, Cre but attacking everything by what do they mean? Attacking I think they everything? mean like um, so. Sometimes you get like a male Cressy that's trying to breed. I know CK. I think they're watching. Yeah. They got a male that whenever they get it, it bites onto something. I, I just think that is. They will shank it hand. It goes down to the gecko. They will literally. Cresties will literally. Male cresties will literally bite onto your finger and try and shag your hand. <laughs> so that, that. So what Chris has basically said is your 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 crest your cresties trying to have love on your hand. So that that is. If they, they will literally. Cresties are like. 14 year old boys male cresties like 14 year old boys yeah. they will hump the back end out of absolutely anything Everything. if you give it half a chance yeah. but if 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 it me if she's they're referring to something like um there's something else in the tank with it that's different yeah. but if it's just like they get it out and it tries to bite you and it's trying to yeah yeah so, I've been lucky. Funny enough, all my cresties, even my males, none of them's been bitey. I've got one um, cresty that's a bit excited when I get live food out, but I, I get. I, I haven't had any issues. Sorry, was that? I said I get excited when I see you. Yeah, oh, you know that. Hey, but if anyone got, I'm not. A, I'm not a cresty professional, so there's some cresty breeders in here. I know personally. I know. Urban Gecko Sammy, she. If you want advice, Cresty wise, give her a shout all day long. But from my experience, I say it's your Cresty's just a little bit on the horny side. Um, I think there's a, a USA Cresty breeder here talking some, but yeah, I, I'm not a professional with Cresties at, at all. Wade gave us a question saying, "What's our thoughts on NDBE?" Me personally, great color enhancer, but not something I want to work with. Too many issues. Yeah. So, eye issues. So you've got two forms of uh, NDBE. You've got sonar. You've also got one called Moon Eye. Now, there's a debate whether Moon Eye is actually a blind gecko or not. Mm. Nor does their black eye causes eye deformities. So, should you breed it? Goes back to Enigma and Lemma Frost. No. Simple. Mm. Have you noticed a lot of people have had? Um... A super snow pairing that's popped a lemon frost. That's this is where lemon frost is a bit of a con because it hides within super snow. <laughs> it, it it can super snow can hide the fact that you've got a lemon snow. The the markings on that because depending on the quality of the, the, the white can fade out the yellow. So a lemon frost really is a yellow gecko. But because of this crystal structure formation within the... Oh, fucking hell, I'm pissed now. I've had eight, eight beers now. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, let me get... Iridida. I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> um, them things. Because it looks like a, this crystal thing that... Um, that's what turns the yellow into white. So it's just our eyes manipulating the colour more than the colour. So with a super snow, it can hide the fact that the lemon, throw is, lemon snow is in there. So I've seen a couple of them myself. Actually, um, there's a breeder in uh, Europe that hatched two last year. 
Did I miss Chris's tug? Yes, you did, James. James is the tugmeister. Yeah. Has anyone got any questions they want to ask us before this live has probably gone on way longer, beers and everything. It's probably gone way longer than it's suspected. But if anyone's got any last questions to ask me on the trip... I've got beer now. I've got more in the cupboard, like, but I'll have to get another one in a second. So You, you put the dreaded flavours now, haven't you? Oh, <laughs> You're going to be a Brighton Machico. You've been hanging. You've been hanging around Mike too much. Um, Cairo, I did answer your question about the Super Giants and our thoughts on it. I I said that I I think it's lime bread. I don't think it's a gene. Chris thinks it's it's a, a whole load of crap. I don't think it's a whole load of crap. It, it's let's go back to this thing about like four. Four's a big gecko. Come on, but four's a massive gecko. Let's but he's overweight. Back. No. I want some chicken and a can of Coke. That's Dave just asked me. <laughs> you can't come in, Ams. So, so, so I don't think Giant and Super Giant isn't a thing. It is. But think of it of a line name, right? So think of it of Mandarin Tangerine. Yeah. Electric Tangerine. Uh Ooh, what other line names you there? see like people pair a mandarin tangerine to like a nought and that's something they could, they say mandarin influences exactly so yeah. think of it think of giant and super giant as no more than a line name let's go super hypo you can cause that's essentially a polygenic right let's go hypo let's go super let's go tangerine anything you want to call it's just a line name and the line name is to drag me and you into going poor oh, that's sexy I want a bit of that. So the line name pulls more people than the actual fact that it's a fucking big gecko. Because we've all got fucking big geckos. And there's another two pound for, what is it? Another two sips for way to drink. Because I just said fucking twice. Right? <laughs> I remembered that one. Um, it's a line name. It's to try and drag people in. Are you all, it's about all them bits and pieces about dragging people in. To pay more, so is Gek is a giant and super giant thing. I think yes, they are, but is it a gene? No, it's not. Is it just a fucking big gecko? Yes, you should just call it BFG line. Yeah, big fucking gecko. Because as I said, you, you've seen a lot of mine, George. I'm about yeah, massive. I, you could say that. You could say they're giants. I mean, we we. <laughs> You, you literally, it, I would personally say it's like it's a big gecko to big gecko line. Personally, I, I I wouldn't say it's genetic at all. How I how I used to, how I was brought to look into it is I used to think, okay, so I've got a super giant. If I pair that to a normal, I'm going to be real, with you guys. That, that this is what the lives are all about: is being real with each other. We all make mistakes. I used to think to myself, if I pair a super giant. To a normal, I'm going to get giant babies. If I pair a giant to a giant, I'm getting a super giant. It don't work like that. It does so, not work like that. Just think of it. So if I pair a super giant to a normal, I might get lucky to get one gecko that's big. In theory, and the way genetics work, right? So if you put if you put a super giant to a normal leopard gecko, fifty percent should be normal leopard geckos, mm -hmm. and fifty percent should be fucking big geckos yeah. and this is the bit so 
I might produce a line next year that says BFG line. And it's just a big fucking gecko. Because literally, I've got one male that sits under 100 grams. One. And not one of them is from giant lines. Not one. Mm. But year on year on year on year on year on year, we produce bigger geckos and bigger yeah. geckos. And we'll sit here in five years' time. We can have the same conversations and we'll be hitting 180 and 190 gram geckos. Yeah. Is that because it's a fucking rubber gene or is that because we've done what every good breeder should do and took the best... Highest quality. Yeah. Highest quality, their best hatchlings and bred it and bred it and bred it. Yeah. And this is the bit, this is the bit that's going to irritate a lot of people and it's not going to meant to be, but when you buy a gecko from me or George, or Dave, or Mike, or what, you're not buying their best gecko. Mm. You're buying their second best, their third best, their fourth best, because we are all keeping... The best. The best. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything I work with here is... It, it, anything I sell didn't make the whole back rack. There you go. And any adults I sell has been replaced with something better. So I won't tell you the number that I'll hatch this year. But what I'll tell you from that is I will probably hold back 10. Mm. 10. From everything. And you know the sort of numbers. But yeah. I'll probably hold back 10 or 12 from what I produce that are better than what I've got at this minute in time or will further my projects. Yeah. And that's not because I'm not trying to improve, but I will take the best of the best of the best that you hatch, or if I can't hatch it, I will buy the best of the best. Yeah. And that's what you want to think. And that's... that's what you want to be as a breeder. You want to produce the best. You want the best bloodline. You want the best looking geckos, the best structure. That's what you want. You don't want to go backwards. You don't, uh, like, for example, I'm not going to go in pre-loved right now, and I'm not going to go and buy some random tangerine. It just get it gets more and more expensive for you. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah but as what Cairo said, should you work with giants? Me as a as someone who works with giants, I say yes, do it. It's nothing more fun than watching a little tiny gecko grow massive. Chris might be might say otherwise, but if you want big I geckos, agree. go. If you want big geckos, go for it. I agree. I agree with you, George. And as I said. If you look at my Bertie Pat- Patternless line, uh, the bits I was breeding last year, I know there's at least three three males out there that were taken off me that are hitting 90 to 100 grams in 12, year- 12 months. Yeah. Now, according to the very thing that makes a giant a giant, they would be giants. There's yeah. not a giant gene in them. There's nothing in them that says they're giant. They're just... Big, big genes, I guess, the lineage, or I yeah. suppose I, I almost look at it like a, a crestage. Don't pick no cresties, they look at it as lineage. I yeah. see if, if, for example, I've got one of Dave's um colossal lines, big, just, just a big gecko line, not officially affiliated with giant at all. They that with a giant is they've been banging out big geckos. I just think it's mm. big gecko to big gecko. If you've got if you've got a seven foot dad and a seven foot mum, you're most likely going to come out big. You might have the one or two chance of coming out. Well, that's that's quite interesting because my dad's got a massive wang and I've got a massive wang, but my brother's <laughs> wang is tiny. 
<laughs> so he must so have been the fifty percent. He must have been the fifty percent with the tiny wang. So yeah, I, th I think you got lucky. I think you. I think you mm. incubated correctly, mate. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Has any last questions before we we call, because call yeah, because my ba my battery's down on its arse. Chris, Chris is pissed as a fart. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm all right. <laughs> no, anything else or or I think that I, I think that's it. Oh, when I oh, oh I want to say quickly is. I want to say a big thanks to yourself, Chris, Dave, and Mike, because if, without you guys and also Viddy's pets, I, w I wouldn't be where I where I was. That like, I had you guys as mentors, you guys helped me out, and like that's because you, George. That's because you've got a pretty mouth. Oh. <laughs> 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 I mean, like even like when I was doing the couriers, you guys just helped me out. Like, I, I know you guys looked after me with prices and. Managing, you put me where I am now, sort of things. I just wanted to, just wanted to say, I appreciate you, all of you guys. I know Mike won't be watching this, but I appreciate you guys. Yeah, no worries, mate. No, yeah, I, I might have said to you from the very start, I left my keys and told you where they were, and I let you into my house when I wasn't yeah. here. I'm, I've got a lot of time for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I do, I do come. Across, so I'm not tech savvy. I'm not message savvy. I'm a bit blunt. I can yeah. be a grunt. I can be a grumpy bastard if you catch me on the wrong time. Yeah. And I do say, I'll go back to you later, and I forget, because I'm 43 years old. And you work. You've got a full life. You've got kids yeah. of your own. Your, your daughter's just um, amazing at uh, GCSEs. GCSEs, weren't it? You know, you got... A-levels, a mate. Imagine you saying, uh, uh, how much for this Max Snow? I ain't got time for you right now. I've got a lot. A-levels. Big up to my, yeah. my eldest daughter. Three A's in her A-levels. That's good, man. Big up, bigger up, big, big up, everyone, big up, Jess. Big, big brains from me, obviously. Yeah, mm. that's good. That's that's good, man. But yeah, no. Is there anything you want to say to anybody? All I can say to everybody is, is Chris is a good name here in the UK. If you, he's got, he, I know Chris well. He's got, he will have a lot of available. So if you want, to, if you want to give him a shout out, or not shout out, if you want to give him a shout for some some geckos, you know, Chris is Chris is a good guy and got some good genes there. Thank you, mate. Right, I'm going to have to put, because my phone is literally dying on its arse. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Life, Sorry I rambled on a bit, but there That's you go. That's all right, nice. Great live, great live. Take See you later, Chris. Bye, mate, bye.